This is Jets at Noon with Cameron Poitras and Jim Toth on 680 CJOB. You know, just once this week, I was hoping that Mr. Big Voice would slip in a Kelly Moore there, but it just wasn't meant to happen. So I'll tell you that it's Kelly Moore in for Cam Poitras, who returns from vacation on Tuesday. And uh, certainly the people who follow along via social media are overjoyed because Toth, in addition to fumbling the ball on terrific Tuesdays, yes, I also completely pooched it on getting the podcast out. Yeah, you know, the podcast is something, Kelly, to me, that's like, are we churning butter? How do we do this? I don't know how to... And well, then people were asking for it, and that's a cam thing because it's a it's a young person's game now. And it I fully is a young that. person's game. <laughs> so I'm glad that you jumped on that. Uh, Daryl Miller is a, a longtime listener, yeah. follower, big Jets fan, and and uh, there are several people who yeah, say it's that. on there now. Yeah, so great. you can go to the six eighty six eighty CJOB website. Go to podcasts. Jets at noon is completely caught up. I've also tweeted it out at K Moore CJOB uh, and. Please accept my apologies, but boy, Cam is going to take me out to the woodshed when he gets back from holidays. Ooh. You gotta, you gotta, when you step into those shoes, yeah. you gotta sort of, uh, sandals. when you step into those flip-flops. Sandals, yeah. <laughs> those, yeah. Those sandals. I wear socks. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised you haven't worn a, a, a Hawaiian shirt with moths like Seinfeld, no, like uh, that's a, Costanza's that's a, dad, because that's what Cam wears too. Like podcasts, that's yeah. a Cam thing. Yeah. Uh, just before we get into the uh, Friday free-for-all, get on, get your down and fingers on now. You got something to say, get it off your chest. You know, we'll take calls too, 204-780-6868. Tyson, the Torpedo Rewiki is on the board, ready to take your calls. Torpedo, he's ready for action. Tor- Torpedo's ready to sass because it's a, it's a Friday freakout free-for-all. Today's the day. Today's yeah. the day in the summer where you might say, hey, I want to trade Hellebuck for John Gibson and Terry Trevor Zegras sure. and one pick. And I might say on a Thursday, that's not going to ever happen. But today, but Friday, you're today, feeling good going into I'll a think, long weekend. We'll think about it. <laughs> exactly. 204 780 Anything Jets or, or anything else uh, for that matter on your mind, uh, get her going now. Uh, we will uh, certainly be willing to share your views. Just before we get into that, though, uh, Jim, one of the things I wanted to mention uh, is, uh, uh, and earlier this week, I know Christina Litz from the, uh, the Winnipeg Jets and True North Sports and Entertainment was on with Mackling and McGarry on the start to talk about the return of Winnipeg Jets game packs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are back. So, you know, I'll... I think we're in a new age now where flexibility is very, very key for your fan base. And and, and the Jets have certainly been listening to that. Uh, so you can now sign up for the new game packs. And you know what you want? You only want to come to four games? That's fine. You want to come to six? No problem. You want to come to eight games? You create your own game pack. Uh, the uh, pre-sale access is going to begin I want to make sure I get this day right. Wednesday, August the 9th at 10 a.m. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's exciting. And I, I think you're right. I, to me, I know a lot of people were, were 
questioning um, where the Jets were headed when when they were start, starting to stop having sellouts. I'm the other way. I, I've done a little bit of work on this, and I remember over the years, this is antiquated information from about 10 years ago, but at the time, your average season ticket holder for any sport, a major sport in, in North America, was four to five years. Yeah. I was surprised that the Jets had sustained it for as long as they did till about nine or 10 years. And, and I think this is normal progression. I think the Jets are fine, but I do think that flexibility is all about... I love watching Major League Baseball now because a game is done in relatively short order. Yes. They had a major problem with young people and young family yeah. and the fact that when you commute to a game for 45 to an hour, 45 minutes to an hour yeah. and home, getting families and kids to a game that lasts three and a half hours plus commute time was just impossible. I am glad you brought up the family factor because Excellent. early next week, there's going to be an announcement on uh, w- w- CJOB is getting in. Uh, on the the game packs uh, with the Winnipeg Jets as well. We're going to have our own zone. I hear this. Yeah. And it's not going to be the twilight zone either. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be the family fun zone. So uh, more details on that announcement uh, will be coming out early next week. But uh, uh, make sure you take advantage of that. Okay, Friday free-for-all. Here we go. Without further ado, 204-780-6868. And Chris is leading it off. Uh, good afternoon, gents. Oh, by the way, thank you, Mike, too. Uh, Mike was just saying, hey, knucklehead, it's about time you got the podcast <laughs> on. No, he, he was very much nicer than that. Uh, hey, gents, it's, is it likely that Connor Hellebuck will remain re-sign a jet if the team upgrades the blue line defensively as well as the forward core defensively? Has his agent expressed this to Chevy? Is this the most likely way for him to stay with the team? I've reached out to Ray Petko a couple of times just to, you know, see if there's any kind of a conversation that can be had uh, with respect to that. You know, has has that changed? Ray yeah. Ray's always going to get back. So because I think there's nothing that can be said right now, that's why he's uh, he's not responding to my uh, repeated requests. Uh, but uh, I. I, I'm in that camp that's going with the storyline that the addition of Laurent Brossois uh, could be as positive a move as any uh, with regard to maybe, maybe Connor having a change of heart. Well, I, I don't have no insight on this, from, but just from my own speculation. No, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's uh, just my own reaction to Chris's question. Right. And as Cam and I have, have talked um, throughout the summer, that I, I think that they looked hard at, at moving um, Mark Shifley and Connor Hellbuck. And then I think that things settled down when the New Jerseys of the world and other teams just yeah, can't fit in. Yeah, that you thought in. would be a good yeah. fit. Yeah. Um, there's just not 8 to $9 million out there right now. Yeah. And so that changes any potential deal for any acquiring team in my mind because they will spend the assets, I believe, to grab a Connor Hellebuck. I just don't think that they have the room to sign him. And if you're only getting him for one year with no guarantees, that's that's a lot less package returning. And I think those were those deals those deals and talks have stalled. But I, I've kind of gone along the lines that as I said about three weeks ago with Cam is if I'm the Jets and I looked at this again and and nothing sort of comes around and the cap's going up in two to three years and, and then... Cap's the teams, going up next year. Well, next year, yeah. But I mean, significantly enough yeah. that you, if you don't have room for $6.2 million, yeah. um, it's going to take three to four years before you have room for, for eight or nine. Um, I, I am of the belief that the Jets would circle around and go, hey, Connor, um, what do you think of a two to three year extension? Yes, and, yeah. and and we will take you from 6.2. That's a significant coin. Yeah. yeah, we'll take you from 6.2 to eight. 
And then over the next, including next year, if you sign for two to three, there's a potential over the next three to four years that you make $30 million. Yeah. And I wonder if he would sit there and go, well, you know, I'll consider that. I'll see where we're at. And still be within his prime if the Jets don't progress to that Stanley Cup contendership uh, that, you know, he'd have to take a discount, discount rather, uh, perhaps. Uh, Now, with that salary cap growing, maybe he can get uh, the eight to nine million that has been reported to be, you know, what he's looking at. I've not had any confirmation that's what he's looking at for a salary. But let's face it, you know, he's a good enough goaltender to certainly command that on the open market. But if it's strictly a contending team and you look at all the serious contenders for the Stanley cup, Jim, they just simply don't have that kind of cap space now. And I don't even know if the cap goes up four to 5 million next year, even if they'd have it then. The other take I had a couple of weeks ago, Kelly, and get you to weigh in on this. If I'm Connor Hellebuck and I'm not, no, and New clearly Jer- you are not. New Jersey's interested. I take, and I don't know if he wants eight or nine or what, but I take that and I go, if you can do seven, I will I will be your goalie for the next six years because I think they have the next four to five years, New Jersey is going to be in contention. The window's open for the Stanley Cup. So I understand if he wants to go to Detroit or something like that, and they're they're in the process of getting there and he goes Buffalo. Buffalo, I want my nine million. Yeah. But if I'm Connor, those are the things I'm thinking about. If if it's Detroit and Buffalo and we're on the cusp of getting there, but for two to three years we might not we might be in the playoffs, but we might not be contending. I want my money. Yeah. But if I'm going to New Jersey, I'll take a little bit of a haircut to to be your starting goalie because I think we have a legit cup chance for the next four to five years. I think how things go for the Jets and also how things go for Jersey this yes, year yeah. could also uh, factor very much into Connor Hellebuck possibly being on the move. All right, we have to uh, take a break here, but we will come back with more of your uh, texts. It's a free-for-all Friday. Jim, are we going to talk about Bombers as well? Oh, I, I, we got to talk 50. Okay, we, we, we said free-for-all. We said free-for-all. Yeah. What do you say, fitty? Is that how fitty. the cool kids That's say? That's how the cool kids That's say That's how it. the cool kids say And nothing will make us sound sure. older by saying it that way, so fitty. <laughs> yeah. People already know I'm old. They put up (laughs) Fitty! Back in a moment with more Jets at Noon. Jets at Noon on 680-CJOB. Free for all Friday. Getting some football questions here, too, so we'll we'll hold those over to the the, the next segment because Ray, that green guy, Ballone, says we can call him Baloney, but no, Ray Ballone. The green guy from Minnedosa. That's a great handle, Ray Ballone. I have a pet peeve on one hockey rule. If I was the commissioner with unlimited power for a day, I'd take away the ability for a team with a penalty to waste the puck. I think the penalty should be a true penalty and would help in more ways than one, says the green guy. (laughs) You know, the only thing I would say, Ray, is... (laughs) You can't ice the puck against that Edmonton Oilers power play. McDavid and Dreisaitl might score 100 power play goals this year. I do enjoy um, the icing of it. I think it, it's it's a victory for the team killing the penalty. It's momentum. And I also think it helps the power play to reset. Now, if it's iced four times in the first 30 seconds, then yeah. obviously. But, but also, I, I think that I don't mind the icing on it. The other idea about I, power, I liked when they instituted the penalty for delay of the game because there was yes, a lot so of teams yes. that used to just flip I mean, that the puck playoffs over the were glass. excruciating. Yeah. It was like an NBA game the last four minutes yeah. of, a, uh, of a playoff game. But I the the idea that I love about a power play is that the power play is a full two minutes, regardless of how many times you score, like a five minute major. Yeah. And I wonder how that would increase scoring, but I also wonder how that would change the game if 
every minor penalty, if you score 38 seconds in, you you still have a minute uh, 38 to or whatever my math is to to keep killing it off. I think a full two minute power play, regardless of how many times you score, is an interesting idea. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it, yeah, you use the same theory theory as a major uh, penalty, uh, but uh, I I think maybe back when goals were hard to come by, perhaps yeah. the NHL would take a look at. It. I, I don't just don't know that's necessary now, Ray. When uh, pow- the average power play is around twenty percent, yeah, uh, in the National Hockey League. But great take. Started off some great conversation. We'll continue more of it on this free for all Friday on Jets at noon, two o four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight. A couple of football questions. Geez, I wonder why everybody's pumped about football right now. <laughs> Fifty. Fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Bombers at the bottom of the hour coming up Fitty. next. 680 CJOB. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB. Here we go. Song to play on a Friday going into a long weekend for Jets Nation. Exactly. Yeah. Here we go. Free for all Friday. Yes, Toth. You hit it right on the button. Good here for you. Go. Here we go. Uh, okay, let's get right to the questions here. We said Friday free for all. We didn't say it had to be just about Jets. The show is Jets at noon. Kelly Moore in for Cameron Poitras. Uh, Cam's usual sidekick, Jim Toth here. He likes to say as always, but I know Toth's taking a few days off here and there too. Cam will return on Tuesday though. Uh, no name uh, for this texture at 204-780-6868. But what are the Bomber fans saying about their O-line this morning? Last night they were fantastic. And I was watching in particular, Jim, I, I went to the first half of the game at uh, uh, IG Field, having to get up at 4.30. I was not staying until, <laughs> I think the game ended at 10.30. So I left at halftime, but I, you know, in hockey, we like to say use the term "finishing their checks." Yeah, yeah. The big Yoshi and Stan Bryan, in particular, were finishing their checks on all running plays last night. Well, here's the thing, Kelly. Like, so this team is so well coached that I knew I had Zach Claris on the show Wednesday yeah. um, at two o'clock, and he, I knew that I wasn't going to get revenge game. I knew I wasn't going to get yeah. you know this, but I, I did know that like performance, and he addressed that a bit. He's like. You know, BC played really well the last time. Yeah. Um, and, and he goes, I'm not, I don't want to take anything away. And I asked him, that. I said, but but did you guys, he goes, well, to us, it's execution. He mentioned specifically, there is a huge difference in football between running 40 to 54 plays and when we're rolling and can get to 70, yeah. like the playbook just opens up. Right. And yeah. he said that gives us all, with all the options we have and all that. And I thought, that's O-line, right? If your yeah. O-line can get you some first downs and, and you can move the ball and keep possession, then the whole game changes. And, and I thought that's what we saw as the game wore on was the different weapons. I know Kenny Lawler had a game and Dalton shown too, but yeah. the way they spread the ball around, the way they made the decisions, it's all from the fact that the O-line protected them to get things done. So there's been some questions about the O-line, and I think fair ones this year. Absolutely. And I had yeah. uh, Julio Caravato on the show, the BC Lions analyst and, and former quarterback himself, who said, I, you know, I agree with you. It was the D-line that won the game last year, last uh, yeah, the, time the, the June, two teams June played. June 22nd meeting. So yeah. that was a key matchup, and full credit to the Bombers. I, I just, uh, BC looks so great, and I still think they're one of the best teams in the league this year. 
But pride sets in a bit with a veteran team like this, and I thought the O-line came to play yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. Okay, uh, another uh, unnamed texter. Hey, Kelly and Jim, uh, happy free-for-all Friday. Two hot takes for you. Uh, Firstly, I think the NHL should try to focus more on division and conference games when making the schedule. Five against division teams, three against conference teams, and two or one against teams in the other conference. Okay, and this has been discussed before. So I guess, and again, we don't, uh, JP is the uh, is the texter. Uh, you know, uses an example. Jets would play five games against uh, teams in the Central, three in the Pacific, which is what they do now, uh, and two against teams in the Metro, one against teams in the Atlantic. What if Connor Bedard had wound up in the Metro, and you don't get a chance to see him at all? In his rookie season. Yeah, and I I argued for this for years until they did it again. Um, you need to see every team in every city at least once. I think so. Every yeah. every year you have to look forward to seeing Sidney Crosby at least once. Alex Ovechkin at least once. Um, and, and I think vice versa. I think teams in New Jersey and and the Islanders need to see yeah. Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl at least once. Yeah, there is a player on every team that it would be a shame if yes. two seasons rolled around before you saw them. Or or at least a chance to see them in in the the base that you have a ticket with. Right, yeah. The one, so JP, I I, I see your point because, uh, and here's where your other take I agree with 100%. And that is, you know, can you work the schedule though so that there is a better sprinkling of those divisional games? Like, was it last year? Yeah, last year. You know, Winnipeg and Dallas were done yeah. by the end of November. Yeah, you know, and, I, and I would have liked to have seen a couple more of those games uh, later in the year. So Ken was saying they shouldn't play teams like Detroit and Carolina late in the season like they right. did last year. Yeah. And th- that I agree with. And again, it's so gull darn tough, uh, you know, with NBA, with yeah. entertainment and that sort of thing for Building. the scheduler. But, man, if there was any way that you could stretch it out where you've got a healthy helping of divisional and conference games down the stretch when you're battling for those playoff spots. Yeah, it's impossible with travel uh, in the NHL, but I think you should see division games yeah. every every single month against every team. I think that you should either at home or on the road play somebody in your division every single month and then that way you have that, you know, no matter what happens the first two weeks of December, right? you still have that looming, or maybe you start December with those division games, then you go, okay, well, now you got to make hay, or actually you did very well to start the month against your division. But I understand the travel time and stuff is yeah. a big issue with that. You're not going to go back to California. Um, no, no, no. You, you know, that's, yeah, that's a totally different thing. But, you know, you, you, so you can play those California games a lot early if you yes, want, yeah. or, or a lot late. You know, uh, but I I look at the Jet schedule, for instance, this year. You've got that back-to-backer with Minnesota. Right. That's a team that I anticipate the Jets will be battling with for a wild-card berth this year. I I agree. So, you know... now they, I think they do have a game against Minnesota late in the year, so uh, that's kind of a buffer. But uh, you know, Ken uh, makes a very, or sorry, uh, that was JP uh, that made a very good point. Ken wants to go back to football here. You said free for all. My question: Bombers versus Vikings, CFL rules. Who wins? I love the Blue Bombers to death, uh, and I know there are, uh, the Vikings have a healthy uh, fan following in this city. Uh, our own Christian O'Mel is uh, is part of that group, uh, but. Uh, 
I, I just, even playing the CFL rules, I think it would be very, very difficult for the Bombers to be competitive with the Vikings. Yeah, I think the Vikings would crush yeah. the Bombers. Yeah, and Kansas, Sorry, I, I know it would never happen, but IG Field would be a sellout. Well, IG Field is almost sold out with the CFL. So, uh, yeah, I, but, uh, you know, Ken, thanks for weighing in on, uh, what do we call them this again? Free for all Friday. Free for all Friday. Uh, I have we, freak show on my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do have some sad breaking news here. Uh, Winnipeg Jets have just put out on social media that the Winnipeg Jets Hockey Club and True North Sports Entertainment are saddened to learn the passing of former Jets coach Bob Murdoch. Bob was our oh. head coach from 1989 to 91 and won the Jack Adams Award as the NHL's Coach of the Year in his first year guiding their team. Uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to his family and friends, and that's from the Winnipeg Jets themselves. 89-90, so. I think it was. Bob was the coach of the year, won the Jack Adams yeah, trophy. Yeah, 89-91, and he won the Jack Adams that first year. 89-90, yeah. The team. yeah. Right yeah. So um, yeah. condolences to uh, the Murdoch family, but also to uh, Jets fans on the passing uh, of a former coach. Absolutely. Uh, okay, uh, free for all Friday. Andre is in uh, on the conversation. If the NHL was serious about high-sticking, Every high-sticking penalty would be five minutes. It's ludicrous. An accidental high-stick that draws blood is four minutes, but an intentional high-stick that doesn't draw blood is two minutes. Waste time looking for blood on the person, replays, etc. Wants to keep sticks down, make every high-sticking a complete four- or five-minute penalty. Yeah, I think high-sticking happens so inadvertently sometimes that I wouldn't want to see that. Yeah, I think it's it's um, and if we just think in context, no matter who you cheer for, right? If there's a tie game and and two minutes and thirty eight seconds to go, and somebody falls and their stick comes up and clips a guy, yeah, I don't think that should be a full. I, I like I I think that the unintentional ones. I, I'm a big proponent of hating high sticking, and yeah. that Alex Petrangelo one in Edmonton, um, yes, in the playoffs, I'm. I'm still incensed by it. That is if, and that, I like Alex an Petrangelo as a injure. player, yeah. but the overall intent to injure Jets and, at and noon on 6 8 CJOB should have been way more than one game. Those are the ones that I think that you should be able to have a judgment call on high sticking and go, no, that is five in a game. Keeping in mind, though, Jim, a suspension that, yeah. and penalties are are also in conference with the NHL Players Association. Yeah. So the thing I would say, Andre, is if the you know, and I'm not saying the players know everything, but they're the ones playing the game. Yes. And and so uh, you know, I I have confidence in the people who are running the show, so to speak. Uh, but I, I think you make a great point, Andre, about, uh, you know, the intentional. If you've drawn blood, you have to be in control of your stick. Yeah. It's as simple as that. And even, and that's why I say, even when you, you're falling and you, you can't control it and it goes up, I still think that's a penalty. Yeah. Uh, I just would hate to see that every single high sticking would be a max um, yeah. uh, penalty like that. All right. Uh, oh, this one, this one is a skill testing question here, Jim. Uh-oh. Uh, this one is from Scott. Burger King's ketchup-flavored chicken nuggets, yes or no? Well, Scott, you're going to have to send some to the station because I've never had them. But You've never had a Burger King ketchup-flavored chicken nugget? Never. Neither have I. So it's ketchup-flavored? <laughs> like, I put ketchup on my chicken nuggets, don't get me wrong, but I don't mm. know ketchup-flavored. Ketchup, uh, chicken is not meant to be. Here's a better one for Scott and you, Kelly. It's it's a raging honey mustard, debate. Yes, honey mustard flavored chicken nuggets. Yes, it's a raging debate, and one of the one of the things I I am just almost 
almost to the point of violently angry with Andrew Hustler Patterson. Uh oh. You don't put ketchup on a hot dog unless you're seven years old or younger. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Huss, he is a great guy. He's a connoisseur he's, of this kind of thing. He's I a understand fantastic that. ambassador for Winnipeg and great with he and Remo, the job they're doing with Winnipeg Sports Talk. But I'll tell you what, uh, he's never going to beat Bobby Flay. <laughs> you can put ketchup on a hot dog. Smother it. Yeah. Yeah. Condiments you are can't, okay on a hot dog. Yeah, you can't eat a Costco hot dog without smother. You can't I don't go like up to mustard Skinner's. or relish and never putting it on a hot dog, but you yeah. should be able to put you it on. You can't go to the half moon and say, no ketchup on that hot dog. No. Yeah. Like, as long I'm as sorry. you can put chili on a hot dog, you can put ketchup on a put hot dog. Put anything on a hot dog, and ketchup is more than welcome. And anyway, it's not just for kids. Sorry, Scott. Jim and I just aren't the right ones to ask about. Burger King ketchup flavor. But now that the seed's nuggets. been planted, sometime this weekend, driving by Burger King, you know what's going to happen, Scott? Do you work at Burger King, Scott? Because this hey, is what you're doing. Rewicki, what do you think you about? You would know. What do you think about ketchup flavored chicken nuggets from Burger King? I'm not going to lie; those sound disgusting. Yeah. Those yeah. Are, and like, are they going to be red? Like, I are s- they red chicken nuggets? I see Tamana I the kangaroo not. court in there with you as well. Uh, just give us a thumbs up or a thumbs down on that, Tamana. Oh, she just kind of gave a thumbs up, thumbs down on the Burger King ketchup flavored chicken nuggets. I don't know why they uh, need to be. Thumbs down. Yeah. Yep, thumbs down. Yeah, I yeah. don't know why they need to be flavored when you can just uh, get ketchup. I'll tell you, the free for all Friday, folks. <laughs> we don't make the Are rules. we that lazy? We're not putting, we don't have time to put our own ketchup on them? Yeah. Gordo, we're coming back with your question next after a weather forecast here on 680 CJOB. Chats at noon on 680 CJOB. It is Kelly Moore in with Jim Toth for a free for all Friday. And uh, we've now gone, <laughs> this show's kind of swung over to a free for all <laughs> foodie Friday. I knew this would happen. Yeah. Uh, Deb just uh, texted in at 204-780-6868. says her daughter is vegan. Uh, very good butchers is one of the uh, hot dogs that uh, her daughter eats. And I'm just trying to, Plug in the other one, and the other one is Light Life Smart Dog. So thanks for sharing that, Deb, uh, for those who prefer a vegan diet. Yeah, that's an interesting take. My father worked in a meatpacking plant for 38 years. Oh, boy, here we go again. And he would butcher his own meat, and I grew up watching him, like, make head cheese, and the most there wasn't a part of the animal that he would bring home that he didn't use, but he wouldn't eat hot dogs. Yeah, there you go. I'm like, how can you eat that but not a hot dog? He's like, just trust me, Jimbo. <laughs> Just trust me. Yeah. Uh, okay. I love uh, a good hot dog. Uh, no name for this text, but it starts off with uh, Big Smoke is Amazing, Brisket Melt, uh, Worth the Drive. Uh, soups are also amazing. I'm, I'm not sure what he was talking about, the the, uh, the, the location there. Uh, as far as the hockey comment, though, take out the trap, let the goalies play the puck more, uh, like cross the red line. So... Uh, I kind of like that rule, actually, because they were playing it too much. If you were Martin Brodeur, yeah. you were like a defenseman back there. Yeah, no kidding. Here's yeah. a here's a better take, Kelly. If you, ahead of the blue line, play the puck like a defenseman, you can be hit like a defenseman. Yeah, that, exactly. If a goalie plays the puck like a defenseman outside the zone, he can be right. hit like a defenseman. Yeah, it's kind of like a quarterback running out of the yes, pocket. Yes, with yeah. no repercussions. I would love that rule to come in. Yeah, that'll be the especially end of goal for t- Jordan Bennington. That'll be the end of goaltenders. <laughs> you will, you will <laughs> reap the, see the day, Bennington. Yeah. But I, I've always had a problem with that. 
I don't mind in the crease, and I don't mind in the trapezoid behind the net. But if you're going to play it outside those two zones like a D-man, you can be hit like a defenseman. Uh, Gary wants to know, please settle an argument. If an opponent lifts your stick and your stick hits an opponent in the face, is that a penalty for high sticking? I say no, just like on a shot follow-through. You know, I, I would agree with that, Gary. Yeah, and I do believe you should be able to review it. I, yeah. I think lots of times there's a clip and somebody's cut, and I think you should look at it to see whose stick it was. Wasn't it in the Boston-Florida series where they had yes. given a penalty to Florida, but then they realized, oh, no, that was Creechy's stick that yeah. hit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think they should be able to review that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, good uh, good suggestion there, Gary. Uh, Tom says, great win by the Blue Bombers last night. Loved the sixth old lineman package uh, that they employed to protect uh, Caleros. I think that, as, as much as it added protection, uh, uh, Tom, I think also uh, it was on short yardage situations as well yeah. uh, to, uh, to give uh, Brady Oliveira or... Uh, Nick Dembski uh, on those jet sweeps. They use McRae there. They use Bailey as yeah. well. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I I I see where you're coming from. I I don't know though that it was as much for the extra protection as it was to uh, to try uh, to tie up somebody uh, along uh, in the trenches to uh, give maybe just that little bit of extra space uh, for Brady Oliveira. And I'll add, they had the extra lineman in the tight end uh, on the first Dalton Schoen touchdown. But I'll also add, they didn't, I mean, he did his job and blocked somebody, but that O-line blocked everybody on that play. Like, there wasn't Oof. anybody getting through. Like, so extra O-lineman or not, I thought the O-line did a better job of just protecting. Especially when Patty Newfeld and Chris Kolonkowski yeah. just sealed off uh, the two Lions defensemen for Brady Oliveira just to kind of yes, tap dance yeah. into the end zone on that. Uh, I think that was the second touchdown, the longer run. Uh, and uh, Gary also said, I thought Drew Brown should have started the fourth quarter. You know, I was wondering about that myself. You've, you have a big lead. Um, I know Zach, uh, just like uh, before, uh, you know, uh, Nichols used to love to stay in there as well. Yeah. But man, can you imagine, you know, if something happened to Zach Caleros in a meaningless part of the game? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's kind of a, a little bit of Russian. Like, I'll, I'll go back to when Bo Levi Mitchell got hurt. What the heck is he doing? Yeah. You know, why well, is that's he a just good not point. taking a And, knee, and but, yeah. Doug Brown is big on this and how he has been since his playing days that, you know, get get him out of there. Get the yeah. start. When other starters come out, yeah. the quarterback should as well. I do know Mike O'Shea, though, likes to go. It's yeah. it's his game. And, and yeah. Mike, Mike was a linebacker, right? And yeah. one of the things Mike hated was when they were up by 24 with five minutes to go to himself come out. Yeah. So that, I think that's his philosophy. Said he had a short conversation with Buck Pierce, and that's when they decided to take Zach out. Uh, quickly here, why is it taking so long to sign Declan Chisholm and Logan Stanley? Should be easy. Maybe trying to clear the lag, uh, log jam on D? I don't have a question. I, don't I think have you have to ask Chisholm and like, Stanley. I, yeah. I think they probably want a little bit more than they're being offered. Well, no, well neither one of them, though, uh, filed for arbitration. Now, just, beca- just because they uh, they didn't file, well, uh, Chisholm, I can't remember if he has herb rights or not. I think he does. Uh, I-, I just think that, you know, it's just a matter of doing business in the offseason. I don't think there's the clock's ticking by any stretch. And I think if Stanley filed for arbitration, I think he wants to be moved. I think he yeah. wants an opportunity to play more. Clock is ticking here. Boom. Uh, Happy fr- Friday. Friday, free-for-all is over. Love Sorry we couldn't Friday. get to all. Yeah, free-for-all Friday. Sorry we couldn't get to all of the texts. I'll answer them off the air uh, as best I can. But the the food questions. (laughs) Uh, All I will say is consider the source of the answer. I'll warn you on that. (laughs) On behalf of everybody who knows me. Tother, it's been a blast. 
Cam will be How's back with you Tuesday. Thanks for doing it. Tyson, the Torpedo Rewicki was the man responsible for keeping this show on the rails. A man who appreciates ketchup on a hot dog. I'll tell you that yeah. right now. Jim Toth, keeping you company on your Friday afternoon, 1 to 3, right here on 680 CJOB. Jets at noon on 680 CJOB.